Welcome to the podcast, Let the Prophet Speak. Today we continue our study of Shmuel Aleph, the first book of Samuel. We are in chapter 20, verse 18. We read of the beginning of a conversation between David, David and Yehonatan, David and Jonathan, where David was now certain that that Shaul, that King Saul, was, um, was out to kill him. And now the uh, tide had turned, it had flipped, so that Jonathan was doubtful. Jonathan still thought there was some, some uh, hope left that his father didn't want to kill him. Jonathan put some stock in the promise that he extracted from Saul, from his father, not to harm David. And maybe he hoped that uh, Saul's recent spiritual experience um, with the prophets might have brought him around to recognizing that killing David was not, um, would not be right. However, um, uh, so they devised a, a test. David gave Jonathan a test that he should do uh, in order to determine if indeed Saul was out to kill him, if there was any hope for David to remain um, in the royal palace without, without um, endangering his own life. So what happens here is that uh, David said tomorrow is going to be the first day of the new month, the Rosh Chodesh, and there's going to be a feast, which apparently they had um, on the first day of the new month every, every month, and I won't show up to the feast. And when, I'm no- when it's noticed that I'm going to be gone, you can ask... Um, uh, the, and the king, Saul, will notice and will say, where's David? You tell him, the plan was you tell him that, that you gave him me permission to go join my family at a family feast in Beit Lechem, in Bethlehem. I, I pointed out in the last podcast that this would rem, serve to remind Shaul uh, of, the, of David's family and where he came from and a feast in Beit Lechem, which would remind Saul most likely of the fact that David had... Uh, been anointed king back in Bethlehem, although it's never said this explicitly, but one would imagine that by this time, Saul was already aware that that Samuel was behind David and that, that David was anointed uh, a king at a, at, a ver- at a family feast in Beit Lechem. Now, um, which was, uh, which was uh, celebrated by Shmuel, by Samuel, when he brought uh, a sacrifice way back a couple chapters ago in the beginning of this story. Now, Shaul has several options. He can uh, react uh, um, with, uh, you know, uh, neutrally and just say, okay, fine, David's gone, in which case it means that despite being reminded of, of, of David's uh, potential for becoming the next king, he, he's, he's okay with it. He'll let it go, in which case Jonathan uh, will, um, can communicate that to David. Or he could react with anger in which case it'll be obvious that there's no hope. So by Yom, so now Jonathan is going to uh, repeat, it, it, uh, Jonathan and David, had we just finished where they promised each other that they would always be, their love will be everlasting and then they'll always support each other. And Jonathan is now going to tell David, okay, I'm going to fulfill your plan. I'm going to do as promised. So Jonathan said, tomorrow is going to be Rosh Chodesh, as we had discussed and you will be noticed that you're gone, right? You will be 
it will be pointed out because it will be noticed when people look at your seat that you're not there so this is what I want you to do I want you to go down um, uh, far right on the third day in other words you need a hideout in a place um, where no one will know that you're there so the people will uh, could easily think that you went to Beit, Beit Lachem uh, on the third day. So there's going to be the tomorrow is the day of Rosh Chodesh, and then the next day is going to be another feast. And on the third day, I'm gonna you're going to be hiding out in this field. But Makom, I want you to go to that place so that by the third day you will be in that same place as Shernistarta Shom Biom Hamasa, the same place where you were hiding on the day of that event. The day of that event is uh, presumably referring to the day where they had a similar plan, where David was hiding behind uh, the rock as, as Jonathan brought his father Saul out to the field, in which Jonathan made the case, Jonathan made the case to Saul why David's life should be spared and that he should be supported, and Saul made him that promise. So that was the day of the promise which Jonathan at this point is still thinking might be holding. He still might actually hold by that promise and not hurt David. And make sure that you stay by the, the Ezel stone, the Ozel stone. It must have been a prominent feature of that field. There was a big stone. So hide behind there so that I know um, where you are so that you can, I'll make sure that you hear my message. Ani and I, Shloshet HaChitzim Tzida I am going to uh, to shoot three arrows um, to the side of that stone. L'shalach li lematara. In order, uh, as uh, that's what I'm going to use, as if it was my target. So I'm going to shoot three arrows next to the stone, um, and uh, so this way, uh, yeah. What, what 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 the plan that I'm about to the, the method of me letting you know what Saul's intent is will f- be fulfilled, because this is what I'm going to do. Verse 21, I'm going to send my assistant, my boy that accompanies me and carries my weapons, go and find the arrows that I just fired and bring them back. And I'm going to have to call out to him, and uh, because he's going to be near the stone, uh, so I'm going to call out to him. The arrows are to the side of you. If I use that language to describe how to find the arrows, then kachenu vavoa. Then you can um, you can. Uh, I'm sorry. Go get them and come back. In other words, I call out to them, the, the 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 boy. I say, the arrows are. Oh, they're over there to the side of you. Then go get them and bring them back. Then you, David, will know that it's there is peace for you, and there's no issue. We're all just making a mountain out of a molehill. Saul was angry, but he's he's recovered. Everything's fine. Chaya Adonai, as God lives. Um, uh, However, if I say to the young man, Elam here is a term uh, sometimes used for, it's often translated into English as a lad. It's similar to the language used for a young girl, Alma. So this is the male form of Alma. So Elam just means the young boy. But if I tell him that they are past you, 
they are farther than you, beyond you, then lech, then you got to run because clearly God is sending you away from the royal household. And the agreement that we spoke about before, the agreement of friendship that is between us, between I and you, the, the oath that we made before God will be between you and I forever. So David did as, as they had agreed, and he hid out in the field. And it was the next day came, the uh, first day of the month. And the king sat down by his food. This is one of the several places that's used uh, by the rabbis to demonstrate that the word lechem is a reference to food in general. Obviously, they didn't only have bread. Um, they had other foods at the king's feast. But it's, when they sit down to eat, it's called, you know, breaking bread, so to speak, uh, as could is, as have sometimes used even today. And the king sat upon his, his seat, his special, uh, his special seat for the king, like he always did, which is near the wall. One would assume that the king sits next with his back to the wall so that no one can sneak up behind him to, to um, assassinate him. This might be a somewhat of a sign that... Um, that he was paranoid, and the verse is trying to, is stating this because it wants you to realize that he's paranoid, uh, which makes and when he's he's paranoid and feels vulnerable, he's more likely to lash out in anger, which partly explains his his uh, irrational anger towards David. Vayakam Yehona son, and and Jonathan got up. Vayeshev Avner, right, and Avner. Uh, Saul's general sat mitzad shol on the side of Saul, which is presumably his regular place. And then David, who's also supposed to sit, I guess it sounds like on the other side of the king, and it was noticed that David's uh, place was empty. And Shaul did not say anything about David's absence that day. Because he said, and again, this Omar means he thought. Several times we use the term Omar, which literally translates to said, but it means he said in his heart, meaning he thought to himself, Mikreho, there's some chance something must have happened. He couldn't make it. Biltita um, Horu, possibly, maybe he is not uh, 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 pure ritually. Maybe he has, has some contamination. Maybe um, he had, um, uh, you know, so, some kind of... Uh, uh, well, one of the ways it would be assumed is maybe he had a seminal discharge of semen. He had he had uh, sex the night before, uh, so maybe he couldn't, um, uh, you know. And then and the commentaries say that because they may have been eating at this feast uh, uh, from this from sacrifices that had been sacrificed at the altar, so maybe uh, the the that. Then that you're not allowed to eat that if you're not ritually pure, and one would have to go to the mikvah to to um, immerse in the mikvah and then wait until nightfall. So it's not nightfall yet; it's the daytime. So maybe he's not tahar kilo tahar. Maybe he is not, not not pure, and therefore he's not here. So in other words, it didn't impress him. It could be one day, but the next day, by verse 27, and it was. On the next day, the second day on which they were celebrating the um, the new moon, David again it was noticed that David's place was empty. So now this can't be. By now, even if it was, he, he had not immersed yet or whatever. By now, it should have been taken care of. The night fell. He should be pure now. 
So why is he not here? That, and, and whatever event may have happened twice in a row, and Shaul turned to Yonasan. Now, obviously, Shaul knew that Yonasan was a good friend of his. This was something that was known, right? We mentioned that before. So that's why Shaul immediately turned to Yonatan and asked him, Where's David? Why did that son of Yishai, that son of Jesse, not come? Come to Mol, not yesterday. Not today. To the meal, to the food. What's going on? Now, this, the way he refers to him as Ben Yishai, again, it gives us the hint that he understands that, that the, the David's family background is one that is a threat to him. His family background from Judah, from the tribe of Judah, his family background from the family of Yishai, which was a prominent family, and the fact that Samuel had went to, to anoint a king from the family of Yishai. From the family of Jesse. So Jonathan answered Saul as follows Nishol, Nishal David Meimadi. David asked me permission, Ad Beit Lachem, to go to Bethlehem. Vayomer, and he said as follows please send me, please allow me to have permission to travel. Because we have a, a family festival, a family feast, Ba'ir, in the city. And and uh, my, my brother, you know, uh, asked me to come. He sent a message asking me to come join at the feast. And now, if I find favor in your eyes, please help me. Give me permission so that I can go and, and see my brothers. That's why he did not come to the table, to the festival, to the table of the king. So here, David is, uh, this Saul takes he gets all of the hints, and um, instead of allowing for um, David to leave, he flew off the handle. And Saul became enraged, right, at Jonathan. And he said, uh, Now this is a, a uh, you son of the rebellious woman, um, this is just a matter of, of, a, of a curse. It's like a, um, people, I, 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 I'm not going to use the, the, the vulgar language, people say son of, of a blank, you know? It's a very similar to, uh, term here. This is a very, uh, um, very crass way of referring to your own son, who's the crown prince. Um, and calling him Ben Naavat Hamardus, and deliberately that way, because we're getting uh, the verses giving us the sense of Saul as being uh, enraged and completely um, lost, uh, lost uh, his handle and control of his of his um, emotions. Halo Yadati. I know already. that you are choosing as a successor to me, right? You are choosing the son of Yishai. And this is into your shame and shame on you. And it's also a shame on, the, on your mother's nakedness. Again, this is a very crass way of, of, of referring to your son and saying that you should be ashamed of yourself, your, your embarrassment to your family, an embarrassment to your mother, that you're choosing Ben Yishai, the son of Jesse, 
over me. As long as that, that son of Jesse, that son of Ishai, is alive on this planet, on the, on the world, you and your um, kingdom will never be established. So you will never be able to be king yourself. And now, go and find him for me, get him for me, and bring him here, because he needs to be put to death. Now, this, this makes it clear, if there was any doubt until now, that Saul understood and realized that, that, that David was to be appointed the next king, and Saul obviously did not want that to happen. And now he sees that his own son, instead of taking the advice that Samuel gave him, and instead of doing the right thing, which could have been done, and graciously hand the kingdom over to David, right, when his own son wouldn't have, would have wanted that, where his own son... Jonathan would have allowed that to happen. It could have been a peaceful transition of power. Instead, he chose the opposite path. And Jonathan answered Saul, his father, he said to him, Why should he die? He has not done anything. He didn't do anything, right? What Jonathan is advocating for here is David did not rebel against Saul. David was a loyal servant of Saul. David helped Saul's kingdom. He led the armies in victory. He, was, he never did anything to disrespect him. Saul should, what, what Dave, Jonathan is really pushing for is for Saul to hand over the kingdom peacefully in a peaceful transfer of power. There's no reason to make this into a fight. However, Saul saw it other, otherwise. In verse 33, And Saul completely lost control of his emotions and he grabbed his spear Lahakoso and, and and with the purpose intention of striking down his own son uh, it's not clear if if he threw the spear at well it could, vayatel actually sometimes means to take but here it, it probably means uh, he took and threw it obviously he missed vayedayona son and this was as clear a message as anyone can possibly get Jonathan now knew that it was a clear decision and there was absolutely no chance that he would change his mind that his father had decided to kill David. So, Jonathan was himself angry and got up from the table in anger. His father had just attempted to kill him in public. And he did not eat at that feast on the second day, el David, because he was very upset about the situation with David, aviv, that his father had humiliated him at the feast. Now, um, and the next day, on the third day, as planned, Jonathan went out to the field, to the meeting place where he was going to meet David, and there was a young boy with him, and he said to the young boy, Go find the arrows that I'm going to shoot. The, um, the, the boy ran, and he shot the arrows over the boy's head. When he got to the place where the arrows that Jonathan had shot had landed, and he called out to him and said, the arrow is beyond you. And Jonathan called further and said, Run, hurry up, go get it. Don't, don't delay. 
and he picked up the arrows and brought them back to his master Jonathan. Presumably, this uh, telling him to run fast was done deliberately to tell David that number one, now you got the message because I said that the, the arrows are past you, so you know that Saul is coming to kill you. But you better get up and run soon because his rage is so bad that if you don't leave really fast, he might catch up to you. The young boy didn't know anything, uh, didn't get the hint, didn't realize that anything unusual was happening. But Jonathan and David did know. And Jonathan gave his, um, his uh, weapons, uh, you know, his bow, his, his arrows, he, uh, he gave it to the boy that was with him. By Yomalon, he told him, Go bring them back to the city. I'm going to hang out in the field a little longer. And Narba, the young boy, left. And David got up from the, from the um, southern side of the field. And he fell on his face to the ground. And he bowed three times. This was a uh, way they... They uh, greeted each other with friendship by and each one kissed each other by and they cried one over the other and David cried even more. Uh, David obviously was going out alone into the uh, into the unknown, um, and he was losing his close friend. Um, Jonathan obviously was going to be turning back and going back to his father's house. So Jonathan said to David, Leich shalom, go in peace. Asher nishbanu shenenu, that we, we have both sworn to each other, anachnu, both of us, b'shem Adonai lemar, in the name of God we swore, yie beini uveinacha, that God should be, Adonai yie beini uveinacha, God should be between you and I, uvein zari, uvein zaracha, adalam, and between my children and your children forever. It was obviously clear to Jonathan and to David that this, parting of the ways was uh, going to be long term and and that this was not just a parting of the ways between two people but had implications and was going to have implications for the future history of the people of Israel here is where we see what could have been friendship could have brought about a peaceful transition of power friendship could have kept the people of Israel united just Saul, who's, who, who represented the, uh, the tribe of Benjamin, the other tribes. David represented Judah, and, and, and um, when eventually this was going to lay the seeds, that was going to eventually lead to the rupture of the kingdom several generations later. This was um, uh, an event that love could have avoided, but hatred, unfortunately, was the path that was chosen by Saul at the time. So this concludes chapter 20. Thank you so much for studying chapter 20 together. Looking forward to studying the next chapter and of course the entire book of Samuel together.